You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply call it the butterfly fart effect That's what Walter Matthau told Barbara Streisand she had less talent then. And surprise, their mutual dislike did no favors for their on-screen May-December romance in Hello, Dolly. Then again, neither did director Gene Kelly's weird staging. Or the terrible lip-syncing. Or Streisand's casting. Yeah, we're going there. Still, a big glossy movie musical starring Streisand near the peak of her powers with that Jerry Herman score? Maybe Hello, Dolly deserves another look. I'm Mark Pikert. I'm a little lumpy, but I ring. And this is Movie Musical Madness, all dolled up with nowhere to go. Joining me today is a special guest, one I traveled all the way to a Malibu basement mall to recruit, Michael Yuri. Hello. Oh, Michael Yuri. Oh, 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 we will have words about this version of Hello, Dolly, that oh, you so detest, dis, dis, because I think it is terrific. Do you? Yes. It is a wonderful film. It is uh, grandeur. It is mm. uh, spectacle. It is overblown. It is perhaps... Too much, but definitely uh, worthy uh, and wonderful. So wonderful you, woman. So you're, you're, you're never bored during the 148-minute running time. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it was, it, it, when, when Put On Your Sunday Clothes enters its 10th verse, I, I just buckle up and, and listen closer. <laughs> You know, I've always wanted to meet the people who did all those Jerry Herman 20-verse songs oh, man. at the end of a number because, my God, you think about like <laughs> you think about the title song of MAME, they're hitting some insane I note know. at the end of MAME. They just keep changing the key. <laughs> and they just, up and they up. all died every night. They had a new <laughs> cast every night. That's equity, before equity, guys. I know. Well, that's, you know, uh, we, you can't get away with that now. No. God, yeah, no. That's why Mame's never been revived on Broadway. <laughs> and I think there's only one key change in Six. Mm. I haven't seen Six. I don't know. Six is amazing. There is, is it? Six I can't key wait. Change. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, I can't wait. I, I haven't it. seen it. Not since Grand Horizons have I loved a show as much this season. <laughs> oh, someone says, as always happens when you're in a limited run, someone says, when do you close? And you have to say... Sunday, we already did. It's gone. You oh, missed it. No. And but who knows when this podcast will air? It could be revived. 
by the maybe by the time this podcast airs, I'll be playing Jamie Cromwell's role. Oh, now that's James Cromwell for people who aren't friends with him. Sorry, did I drop that name? It's okay. <laughs> I, I have a big it. bucket for him. Let me here. grab it for you. Uh, all right, Michael, <clears throat> here. Let me set. Let me set a scene for you. Yes, please. It's 1964. Yeah. Hello, Dolly. Opens on Broadway, the St. James Theater. Carol mm. Channing already had one iconic role with Lorelai Lee in Gentleman <laughs> for Blondes. Ooh. She got a second one. Dolly Gallagher Levi. Mm. Down the street at the Winter Garden, mm. a young upstart named Barbara Streisand is starring on Broadway in Funny Girls, Fanny Bryce. Ooh, they vie for the Tony. Who gets the Tony? Who gets the Tony? It's Carol Channing. Carol Channing gets Carol the Tony Channing for Dolly. That Tony. That's right. But who got Dolly in the film version? Barbara. Yes. Barbara got it. Good job. How many, uh, uh, but six or seven years later, 1970. No, they filmed in 68. Filmed in 68. And then they had to sit on it. uh, Right, because of the Vietnam War. No. Wait. They had to sit on the movie until 1969 because David Merrick, that old rascal, had a clause in the movie sale contract that said, you can't release this movie if the Broadway show is still running. Oh my God. And the Pearl Bailey production was running. When they, finished, when they were in, ready to release yeah. the film. And so Fox had to spend another $1 to $2 million for a buyout so they could rush this into theaters. Oh, really? Wait, they had to buy David, David Merrick out? They had to pay like a penalty to release the movie when they, before 1971. Wow. So it was, uh, the, if you cannot release it before 1971, oh. the show is still running. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nuts. And Merrick. God they did, because the world deserved to see this motion picture. <laughs> that movie belonged in the 60s. It's 1969. Other movies released that year include Easy Rider, <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Sweet Charity. Oh, Bob Fosse. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good job. Bob Fosse, dire- that he directed that. He did. That was his first, right? Yeah. His first movie. Yeah. Well, he directed it, but Gwen Verdon choreographed it, as of we know course. from Fosse oh, Verdon. I saw that, now. of course. <laughs> oh. Wow, that's so interesting. Because Hello, Dolly! feels so much like a 1950s musical movie. When you yes. think about, like, you know, what it, what it like, like, it feels like a great big musical from the 1950s, not a musical from, like, the, the, the hazy no. Vietnam War no. 60s, mid, mid-60s. I mean, that's... That does not, it, those two things, when you imagine, I mean, Easy Rider is the smallest movie in history and it's opened the same year as the biggest movie. Yeah. So this apparently made, cost as much money as Cleopatra to make. Oh my gosh. Really? And it didn't make as much money at the box office. Wow. It was a flop, right? It was, it not- made money at first and then it stopped making money. And wow. the critics were like, Ooh, this doesn't work because, well, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm not a fan of Hello, Dolly. Oh. The show. Oh. Yeah. From the, from, from the get. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not a homosexual, so I'm feel, <laughs> I feel free to say that. I'm sorry for misleading anyone who thought I was a homosexual. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't think that. Nope. I didn't think that at all. Nope. I'm just no. a, a simple heterosexual from Texas. Who runs Playbill. Runs, runs Playbill and uh, loves Lord. Wait, McCall you're from movies. Texas? Yeah. I'm from Texas. We've talked about it. Oh, sorry. It's cool. (laughs) Awkward. We've met. (laughs) Not not in person. Well, I don't know. Does chat roulette count? (laughs) Um, Okay. You whiz by so fast. I have, I have, there's so, (laughs) wow. 
I uh, there I have many threads that I want to offshoot. Is it okay to like jump in on on some some? Well, I would tangents? like to defi- I would like to defend my statement about disliking oh, Hello fine, Dolly fine. first. Okay, fine. I don't want to w- just let that lie there. Okay, yeah. It's like Walter Matthau's no. performance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rim shot, special effect. Uh, I do not love Hello Dolly because I do not buy her wanting to marry Horace Vandergelder. Uh huh. And I think that it does a disservice to the character because she is such an entity unto herself mm. that to imagine her tethered to this like sad sack, like ah, you know, don't no time off for you, right, right. This Scrooge without redemption, yeah, It's just like oh no, I don't want to see you squandering your light and your talent out in Yonkers. I've lived in Yonkers; it's not fun, right? You needed the bright lights of Fourteenth Street, Dolly, yeah. Don't, but don't don't you think she deserves a half a million dollars? No, because she seems like she's doing okay. Did you see those gowns? Well, yes, I saw the gowns, but they seemed old. Oh, and older and, than Streisand. Well, her gowns her gowns don't seem old. But when I think of, I mean, I don't think because also I don't really think the movie is so different than the show simply because it's Streisand and not Carol Channing yes. or Bette Midler or Bernadette. You know, it's or or Ethel Merman or you know, like Streisand was like twenty. She was twenty-seven. She was the same age as the young couples. She right. was the same age as Michael Crawford. So it's like you can like whenever I watch Hello Dolly, I imagine um I don't I, and she's on screen, I don't imagine twenty-seven-year-old Barbara Streisand. I imagine, frankly, me as Barbara Streisand and Byron Seller. That's what I always hear and see. Even as a child. <laughs> Even as a child. Wow. She was old to me because like, not old, but like she was middle-aged to me because, you know, she was middle-aged when I was a child. So even when I saw her as a young woman, and my mom loves Barbara Streisand. So I grew up with a lot of Streisand. Yeah. Um, so like even watching her as a young woman, I see the middle-aged woman from her concert in Las Vegas when she came back in 94 or whatever that was. Like it's always been that Barbara to me. Cause that was, that was my first impression of Barbara was that concert. Yeah. And, and she was, you know, middle-aged then. And so she's always been sort of middle-aged to me. So, so to me, she's always been the right, but I can, I can recognize that the dolly she plays is completely different than any other dolly because she's so youthful. She, but what's interesting is you, it's her second movie after funny girl, after funny girl, uh, she shows up, she, which she, she and Walter, co-won the Oscar for yes, with right. Catherine, Catherine Hepburn. She's a co-Oscar line in winter. Yeah. Uh, that's my Catherine Hepburn. Impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it showed. No, it's 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 really good when you explain who it is. <laughs> well, that's it, the mark it, of I a mean, good you, impression. You, because of it's because of the nature of podcasts, you couldn't see the shaky head, but uh, it was uncanny. What's that Joan Rivers quote? I'm on the Catherine Hepburn diet. I only eat as much food as stays on my fork by the time oh, it no. gets to my mouth. Oh. We can cut that, Jane. Oh. I, love, I love a comeback reference, Jane. Cut this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> No, but what's interesting is you see Barbara Streisand in this movie, in this role that she is not really right for. No. Which she's admitted. She said that she kind of regrets taking it because she was too young to play a glamorous middle-aged widow. Yeah. Shocking. But she's already there. Her persona, her stage presence, her charisma is already there, is already set. She is giving a really great comedy performance. Oh, yeah. In a really 
badly directed movie mm. where no one is on the same page as she is. Right. And she is absolutely right. She has speed. She has uh, daffiness. She has everything that that role needs. And everyone else is acting as if they're in some operetta. But is it possible that everyone else is in the same movie and she's in a different movie? Yes, but I would rather watch her movie. Uh-huh. And that's what led her to direct Yentl. <laughs> I don't know if that's well, true or not. Uh, you know, well, she tried to take a code, you know, when she did Star is Born, she tried to take a, a director credit from that director whose name I can't think of. But exactly. She spent so much time, you know, she, she felt like she was so, she, she, she uh, 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 put so much of the work as a director into that movie that she deserved a credit and asked for one. And if she were a man, she would have gotten it. Maybe. I don't know. Giving mm. the star a director credit after the movie's been shot? Even a man? Yeah. Has that ever happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're not here the, to talk about men. That's why it's a movie <laughs> musical podcast. My God. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, like, she would, if she was a man, she would have had a lot of, a very different career, though. Oh I mean, that God. is. She would have made many more movies. Oh, yeah. She, she would have. And she would have done different kinds of different kinds of movies. She would have been able to like make uh, uh, action movies and, and I mean, she would have done all that stuff. But I also think what's so interesting is at this point in her career, she had a reputation as being a kook. Oh, she's so kooky. She's running around in uh, vintage clothes and feather boas. And she's a freak. Uh, Walter Matthau called her a freak of nature, like a boa constrictor. Oh, he He was like, she doesn't, she got famous too fast. She doesn't have the talent to back it up. She is a freak of nature that people pay money to come and watch. But what I find so fascinating about this movie and this performance is there's a real push-pull between this very old-fashioned musical and her very 1970s energy. Yeah. Like, there's a real 60s, 70s energy to Barbara Streisand yeah. that we think of when we think of the way we were or the comedies that she did. Yeah. Uh, uh, Owl and the Pussycat. And Owl and the Pussycat and Up the Sandbox. And that is there in this but yeah. underneath Irene Sheriff's Oscar-winning gowns yes. and the giant wig, yeah. the largest wig I've ever yes. seen, <laughs> is something that Charles Bush would deem too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. And so you have this, this force, this force of nature, uh, kind of going up against Walter Matthau, who hated her. Yeah. And everyone hated everyone on this movie. Yeah. It was an unpleasant. Uh, my understanding is that it was a, it was a tough set. But it's also, uh, you know, like you imagine you're, do- it's, it's a tough time in the world. Yeah. We're at a very, very controversial, we're in a very controversial war and there are people being assassinated all the time. They were filming during RFK's assassination. Literally. Okay. Literally they shot the day that RFK was assassinated. And, and I, I heard this story from Tammy Toon. Oh, who, who? Tammy Toon, oh. who played uh, uh, Ambrose Kemper in that film. He did, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. He's Ambrose. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said that the day that RFK was shot, they were shooting, and they had to scrap the whole day because Walter couldn't shoot because he was so upset. And so they ended up shooting a different scene. You know the scene where Ambrose and um, Ermengarde and Dolly climb up a ladder into the second floor window? Oh, yeah. They, they sneak into the house, yeah. Horace's house, and they climb up a ladder into the second story window. So that was done, you know, practically on a real, with a real ladder, uh, really going up to the second story. And 
before they, they shot it, Gene Kelly pulled Tommy Toon aside. And this was all, and they hadn't planned it because it was, they had to, they had to shuffle the schedule right. because Walter was too upset to shoot. And so Gene Kelly pulled Tommy Toon aside and said, um, you listen to me, damn it. You're going to get up that ladder first and you're going to climb in there and then you're going to turn around and you're going to pull her in because if we lose her, we're all fucked. That's the movie. If we lose her, that's the movie. And so Tommy was like, okay, I'll do it. Yes, I'll get up there fast. And he was like so nervous. Like he didn't want to lose Barbara. <laughs> so he climbs up the ladder really, really quickly. He climbs in the window and he turns around and he grabs her by the fingers to pull her in. And she was wearing gloves and he only got the very tips of her fingers. And she goes, and so he was like, oh, I'm losing her. I'm losing her. I got to hold on tighter. So he held, held on even tighter. Ow, 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 ow. Stop. We have to stop. Stop. And they cut and they stop and she stops. And he had only grabbed fingernail. He couldn't tell. I think it's okay that I'm telling this story. But he had only grabbed fingernail because um, he couldn't tell where the, her fingers ended because he, she was wearing these little dainty gloves. And... Of course, her nails are famously real. I mean, they're who knows if they're still real. And but really like, long. And super long. So long enough to, to be mistaken for fingers. <laughs> and so they stopped. She went away. Now they can't shoot anything. <laughs> she went to her trailer. And uh, Gene Kelly was like, don't worry, kid. You did the right thing. I hate those nollies. They're not Dolly at all. Something like that. And It's like good Gene Kelly. <laughs> and uh, finally, later, she came back. He felt terrible. And Tommy was like, I'm so, so sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Barbara. I had no idea. Are your nails okay? And Bar Barbara said, they're damaged. <laughs> that was her response. <laughs> they're damaged. Not don't worry about it, but <laughs> they're don't worry about it. It's not your fault. But well, they're damaged. They were damaged. <laughs> and what did Tommy Toon do? I think he just tucked his tail between his legs and kept tapping. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I think that was that. But uh, now he also played the ladder that scene, correct? <laughs> yeah. So she was fine. Let's yeah, face she, it. She was getting up that ladder because he was playing both parts. Yeah. But it did, I didn't get, a, I didn't get any other stories out of him. But that one was good, and 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 it sort of made me think. Oh, that was a tough set. I mean, Michael Crawford and Mathau stopped speaking because they went to the racetrack and there was a horse called Hello Dolly. And Michael Crawford's like, oh, you know, I think that we should bet on this. He's British. Yeah. And Walter Mathau said, I'm not going to bet on that horse because it reminds me of Streisand. <laughs> and so Michael Crawford's like, I'm going to. And he bet on the horse. The horse won. And oh. Walter Mathau refused to speak to him for the rest of filming. Wow. Because he won on the Hello Dolly horse. Mathau seems like he was mm. a bit of a difficult person. He apparently complained to Fox producer Daryl of Zanuck, uh, who I'm sure everyone remembers from Smash on NBC. Yeah, uh, sure. He had a he had a whole song in Smash. I think uh, Mark Kudish maybe played him it, in in the musical within Smash in Bombshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Walter Mathau was like, ah, oh, you know. I, Robert Streisand getting all the attention. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just won an Oscar two years ago. Yeah. This man. sounds like Gene Kelly. <laughs> they were famously mistaken for each other vocally a lot. It made directing the movie extremely complicated. Action. What, Walter? No, that wasn't me. <laughs> and so Daryl Zedek looks at him and goes, what do you want me to say, Walter? It's not called Hello, Walter. Uh, 
Well, I and see, I heard that Barbara said of Hello Dolly that Walter thought it should have been called Hello Walter. Um, I heard another great Walter Matthau story oh. from Drew Jogi, who you've had oh, on this podcast. We love Drew. Friend of the podcast. Um, friend of the podcast. FOP. Fo- <laughs> fellow FOP. Um, <laughs> In so Drew many Jogi. ways. <laughs> um, Drew Jogi said that uh, Walter Matthau was visiting Auschwitz. And <laughs> I know. It's so funny, right? <laughs> um, Walter Matthau was visiting Auschwitz, you know, a somber occasion. And he was touring, you know, as you do. And this person came up and says, oh, my God, you're Walter Matthau. And he's like, yes, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, a huge fan. And he's like, thank you. Thank you so much. He's like, wow, it's so cool. It's so cool to meet you. And he's like, I appreciate that. I, I, I always, always nice to meet a fan. And he's like, hey, could I get a photo with you? And Matthau's like, you know, I don't think it's really appropriate today here. So um, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. And the guy's like, okay whatever and like goes off and then you know they keep touring keep touring and later the guy comes back up to Matthau and he's like hey Matthau I just want you to know you ruined Auschwitz for me (laughs) 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 oh I love that I don't know where Drew heard that but oh I love that story okay round two name something that's not boring laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, so Walter Matthau just ruined everything. So I want to talk about Let's, what one, one, the number of musical numbers in this movie that are filmed as if they're in a rodeo stadium, yes. where it's just a ring of seats and yeah. then a giant empty center ring. Yeah. Where for the yeah. Raiders Ballet, like Harmonia Gardens, what is all this? It, yeah. It's insane. Busby it's insane Berkeley. to me. It's like, it's shot like a Busby Berkeley movie. But with nothing from above. Uh, right. Except nothing from above. But you know, like those big on, those big stage yeah movie musicals but like yeah they and it happens it happens before the parade passes by it happens in put on your sunday clothes it happens of course in hello dolly i mean before the parade passes by is basically it's a whole movie gene kelly <laughs> gene kelly looking at rain on my parade from funny girls like I know. i'm gonna do that but on land yeah <laughs> it's just a her trailing her feather boa and, and like, that impossible note she holds at the yes. end actually impossible right yeah well Yes, because we haven't talked about the lip syncing in this. They film so much on location and so much right. outdoors that entire dialogue scenes are ADR. Are yeah. ADR. yeah, it's true. And so obviously, yeah. where it feels <laughs> like you're watching through a scrim or like you've had some yeah. Dayquil or something and you're yeah. just a little bit off. <laughs> you're just watching them talk. Or you need to then, reboot your Apple TV. Yes. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Let me hit pause. Well, that should I blow on the cassette? Yeah. <laughs> no? Yeah, big, big old. Big old numbers. You would think, though, that, I mean, that Gene Kelly wouldn't want to be compared because it's such a similar number. 
It's such a similar final. But then yeah. again, she did it in Yentl too. I mean, she's still, maybe it's her. Maybe it's her. Maybe, uh, maybe Vincent she, Canby in the Times called it her Streisand Sousa moment. Oh. Like John Philip Sousa. John Philip Sousa, yeah. like yeah. a marching band. Mm-hmm. Like a marching band, yeah. In all three or in just uh, in Hello Dolly? No, he was saying it's uh, one of her signatures in Hello Dolly. Like she has the big Streisand Sousa moment. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But what's so funny is like that number, the, the parade number in the movie is so enormous that when I saw the Broadway show oh, for yes. the first time, I was like, I was like, that's it? <laughs> She's just standing there. <laughs> what, oh, they, what, okay. they throw her a baton. Cool. Where's the crane shot? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't. Where's her boa? Why is it she marching more? And I guess that's what that is. It's, it's not a big. It's actually more of a, an introspective number in, yeah. in on stage, which is wonderful and lovely. But like, I was really surprised. I was ready for some big number. The big number. I mean, Sunday clothes in the in the Broadway show is so breathtaking. So. Here's one thing that I did like about this motion picture. I loved the new opening number, Leave Everything to Me. Yeah. In place of I Put My Hand in There. Yeah, that's right. Gosh, I forgot about that. It is a good number. Now, it does sound a little bit like uh, Come to the Supermarket in Old Beijing, which Barbara Streisand sang in one of her TV specials. Oh, look uh, at you. Which Patti LuPone famously straight- covered on her live album. For a straight guy, you yeah. really well, know a you know, lot about Barbara Streisand. I, I, I'm like a sponge <laughs> for information. I don't do anything with it, but yeah. I just love it. Oh, yeah. I'm a real collector of information. I know that about you. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, really yeah. good. Wow. So do you think that she wrote that song? No, Jerry wrote yeah. that song. No, Jerry wrote that song. And the other new song <clears throat> in the show is Love is Love. Yes. Pre-Lin-Manuel Miranda. This right? is why they That's stopped it true. too. Love is love. <laughs> they didn't but know. Is Ribbons Down My Back in the movie? Yes. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she doesn't sing it? She does not sing it. Everyone wow. else sings. Except Irene Malloy. And that's not her voice. No. Who is it? Yeah, it was some, some lady. It's not Lisa Kirk and it's not Marnie Nixon. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you know about Jerry Herman's relationship with Carol when she didn't get the movie? That I don't know. I know that Because that Carol, seems like that must have been really hard. I know that Carol did an interview uh, after the movie came out that said, I felt terrible. And then I saw the movie. Oh. And then I saw the movie. And but I did realized, she say terrible or did she say terrible? Well, she said terrible. <laughs> <laughs> then she saw the movie and she was like, she yeah. She gave it a rejuary. <laughs> and in her book, she talks about how uh, she won the Tony over Barbara and that the movie was... A flop. Yeah. Well, and, and she gloats. She, she, I mean, she said she saw the movie and they wanted something completely different. She, they wanted something that she was not going to give them. Right. They wanted youth, 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 beauty. Youth. <laughs> and that wasn't Carol Channing. Yeah. Like Elaine Stritch. She was born old. Yeah. How much, uh, how much older was Walter Matthau? He was in his forties, late forties. Right. I think it was a, a it was like a twenty three year age difference. And it, so it's not just the age; it's really the the the, the temperament because he he seems sixty in that he, movie. Yes, and also just think about the think about the technique. Like she is, yeah, kind of self taught and intuitive. Yeah, and he seems like a real stickler. Right. Well, that's sort of like you know when I think about that's sort of what what what, what why I asked if they're all in the same movie and she's in a different movie because he definitely you know I saw 
David Hyde Pierce and Victor Garber and Lou Stadlin all play that role. I mean, there's no more, there's no one, we don't have anyone more Walter Matthau than Louis J. Yeah. Stadlin. And so I really could see him in, I mean, like Matthau's right for it. Yeah. He's just in the wrong version. He doesn't seem comfortable. Like if Matt, yeah, right. If Matthau had been opposite Carol Channing, Maybe it would have been a totally different movie. I mean, obviously it would have been a totally different movie, but maybe you would have loved him, is my point. It's true. Maybe you would have, uh, you know, maybe that would have been the uh, the harsh, <laughs> that you needed. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's such a weird movie because you look at all I the know. parts and nothing meshes. Although, yeah. you know what I did enjoy? Tight, tight pants on Michael Crawford. Yeah. Oh, he's dream oh, in that movie. So dream So cute. Doing his high kicks. Michael oh. Crawford could dance. Oh, yeah. But you know, Gene Kelly taught him how to dance. He didn't know how to dance. Oh, that's right. That's what I heard um, when I listened to the Michael Crawford live album. Yeah. He, talk, he does a whole Hello Dolly thing. And he talks all about how Gene Kelly didn't really want him, but his wife thought he was cute. So he was like, my wife thinks he's like, he's like, what I need is an attractive idiot. And my wife thinks you're attractive and I think you're an idiot. <laughs> and he said, I can't dance. And he's like, can you count to three? One, two, three, then you can dance. Which I don't think is, I mean, I, I think that. No, maybe, I think that's true. You think that's true? I do. If you can count, you can dance. Yeah. Really? Why not? It, with Gene Kelly standing yes. in front of you? Maybe. I mean, maybe if it's Gene uh, Kelly teaching you how to dance. Gene Kelly stood in front of me. I'd do more than <laughs> dance. I heard a Gene Kelly. I think it was Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire. When they met, they were both like so shy and nervous. Oh. And I think it was Gene Kelly was like practicing putting. Um, that was a golf term for any for yeah, anyone who's not he a heterosexual. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for. No, I know that. You know that. No, I'll translate as a As a heterosexual. <laughs> I think Gene Kelly was practicing his putt, and Fred Astaire was on the lot or whatever, and they were, and somebody was like, "We should get these two to meet." You know, they're two of the greatest dancers ever. And uh, while they were standing, they were shy. They were both sort of like shy to meet each other. And they were just sort of looking down. And, and Gene Kelly like just very gently kicked one of the golf balls. And it went flying. And the power of his ankle. And, and then later, it is, it's apparently it is said that you could, you, you could see Fred Astaire somewhere else in the lot practicing kicking golf balls. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Now, my favorite Gene Kelly story Ooh, really, is really. on the set of On the Town. Frank Sinatra took one look at Gene Kelly in his sailor's outfit and turned to the wardrobe uh -oh. mistress and said, I'm going to need a padded ass. <gasps> oh, my God. Because uh, Frank Sinatra had a very flat ass. Gene Kelly had a bubble butt. Gene Kelly. Oh, <clears throat> I, I know. Mean, there's a Tumblr dedicated to it yes. that is worth checking out on a slow day at work <laughs> on your phone. I'm not saying use your work computer. <laughs> well, I don't track have, that. I don't have, I mean, oh, you don't I, have a job. That's right. I don't have a job. I don't have a job, oh. nor would I ever get a computer Currently at unemployed. this job. <laughs> Just like Cassie in um, a chorus line. Yeah. Unemployed. I, I, I haven't worked in a year. <laughs> no, I haven't worked since Sunday. Thank you. Today's <clears throat> Tuesday for those of you who didn't get that joke. It's a Tuesday. I mean, uh, <laughs> who knows what Tuesday you're listening to this on out there in podcast land. Here's my question for you. Yeah. Do you think that Hello Dolly the movie works as its own entity? 
as a as a movie. You mean in without any previous knowledge of what yes. Hello Dolly the Hello Dolly lore is? Yes. Great question. Um, pro- I would say probably not. I would say it, I would say if you don't have a love of the music and lore of, and I don't I don't just mean. Um, the musical, but I mean, knowing that like that the characters are based on a Thornton Wilder. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's too bad that that revival closed because I feel like they, they could, it would have been cool if the, if the show could have run without giant stars Yeah, and you know, we could have gotten so many amazing people in and out of there. I would have seen Gene Smart's Dolly. Oh yeah. I would have seen Audra McDonald's Dolly. Oh yeah. I would have seen Andrea Martin. Kathleen Turner's a dolly. Sure, uh, I'm I'm going with real ones, and you you seem to be uh, <laughs> making Gene Smart can sing. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'd like to see the gravitas that Kathleen Turner could bring to that role. Or what about say in, in you know I mean hearing hearing Kathleen Turner sing that score? You Did know. you just launch into a Kathleen Turner impression <laughs> and then think better Wait. of it? <laughs> No, I'm working my way into a Harvey Firestein joke. Oh, but I, uh, I see. Because uh, you were very close to a Kathleen Turner impression. I, I do have a Kathleen Turner. Ooh, she came to see. She came. She came to speak to us at, at uh, Juilliard when I was a student there, and and she was like, I "Never talk about people badly." Wait, is that it? Hold on. <laughs> and then she was telling. And then somebody was like, "Is there any movie you hate you, you, that you made that you didn't like?" And she was like, "Yes, Switching Channels, fucking Burt Reynolds." And then somebody was like, somebody's like, I thought you didn't say anything bad about actors you'd worked with. And she was like, he's the exception. Something like that. It doesn't quite work, but there was not a lot of mouth movement. I, can, I know that. Like, yeah. But I can only do Sarah Paulson doing Kathleen Turner. <laughs> oh, from Studio from, 60? No, oh. no. From, uh, she was on Jimmy Fallon oh. on Wheel of Impressions. And she oh. landed on Kathleen Turner doing Slip and Slides. Oh, Talk about slip and slides. Great. Oh, I know all about that long, lonely crocodile mile, Jimmy. <laughs> you run, you hit a bump, you take a dive. <laughs> That's so good. Mm. Oh. Anyway, so, she would have been a great dolly. I would have watched it. And that's all the time that we have. Michael Ewing, thank you so much for well, thank you. going all around the town with me in this conversation. That was fantastic. All around the town, like a Mary Higgins Clark novel I would Did have we? read as a child. <laughs> I that think was that's a, where she had multiple personalities. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. that was the first in the series, and then, and then the second book was back around the town, and yeah. then, and then, cars drive around the town. It's one of those series. Driver around the town. Driver, comma around the town. <laughs> Exclamation point. Uh, well, this is Mark Pikert. You've been listening to Movie Musical Madness. Actually, I don't know what you've been listening to, but it was a super fun episode <laughs> of Movie Musical Madness. Tune in again whenever we release a new episode. This episode of Movie Musical Madness was edited by Kyle Moore with theme music by Sunshine Music. And thank you for listening to Movie Musical Madness, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about the podcast and me at bpn.fm slash moviemusicalmadness. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. 
what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.